Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we will be talking to NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, Warren Moon. But before we get to that, of course, I thank you all for tuning in, whether you're tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And from wherever you're tuning in, go ahead and subscribe. So that way you don't miss an episode when they drop. Of course, on Spotify, you can rate the show. Uh, five stars is preferred. And on Apple Podcasts, you can rate the show and you can also review it or leave a review, I should say. You know, definitely thank you in advance. And of course, before we get to Mr. Warren Moon and I's conversation, I have the Get Off Your Chest segment. Now, for February, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about players in sports, or black history for the month of February. And I wanted to start off with somebody that was as powerful on the court as he was off the court. That would be Mr. Bill Russell. He's an 11-time champion. Of course, he was three of those championships he won as a player coach. Yes, Bill Russell was a black man in Boston and a player coach. For years in Boston. 1960, what, 66, 68, and 69 is when he won the championship as a player coach. He's a five-time MVP. And, of course, on this day, he was the first NBA player with 50 rebounds in a game. Yes, 50 rebounds in a game. Pretty unbelievable, right? What's even more unbelievable is that he was a player in Boston that was loved in terms of cheered on the court and things like that. But off the court, people in Boston didn't really like him very much. And it wasn't because he was a bad person. It was because of the color of his skin. Of course, you know, different things happening to him, different things that he had to go through. However, he was strong on the court and he was strong-willed. And he stood up for rights and things that he thought was were wrong. I still remember the picture, uh, you know, with him and well, my um, it's just a picture of a lot of different athletes at the time that were, you know, aligned and fighting for our rights, fighting for the rights of black people to be recognized and, you know, be treated as human. And he did that. Throughout his playing career, this just didn't happen when he got some sort of popularity because in that day and age, he was great on the court and people loved what he did on the court. But when they were entertained is when they loved him. They didn't love him off the court at all. I mean, I believe I heard a story of someone uh, using the bathroom all over his bed at one point in life. Pretty sounds pretty sick thing, right? or someone to get treated that way, but yet you love them so much on the court. But this is the dynamic of sports and what it was back in the 60s and 50s. He was a great player, a great winner, and he, above all, 
he definitely stood for what he felt was right. And he stood for others. And I can greatly appreciate him. Now, Bill Russell is no longer here, of course. For those that aren't aware, he passed away July 31st, 2022. He was a great man. He was not a guy that was a great scorer in the NBA. Of course, you know, everyone thinks of Wilt Chamberlain when, you know, being a great scorer. But he was a great winner. Rebounded, defense, and leadership. And those three things carried him to the Hall of Fame and made him such a great person on the court and off the court as well. Just want to take a moment to honor Mr. Bill Russell. All right, that is my Get It Off Your Chest segment for this episode. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to talk to Mr. Warren Moon about the Super Bowl and the history that's going down and so much more on touring the AFC South. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, Take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton, and it's Super Bowl week. We have the Philadelphia Eagles on one side representing the NFC, and we have the Kansas City Chiefs representing the AFC. And we have the unique and great thing happening during Black History Month of two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl facing each other for the first time. And I thought, who better to have on than one of the best quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion? Mr. Warren Moon, how you doing, man? You know, I always thought you were a smart man, Mike, and uh, (laughs) just verified it right there. (laughs) You're doing great. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, of course, like I mentioned, two black quarterbacks facing each other for the first time in the Super Bowl. Now, I know your journey. Your journey went from not being drafted to going to Canada. The show happened to show you were good enough to play quarterback. So what does this moment mean for you? It's a it's a moment of pride. It's a uh, moment of joy. It's it's a moment of progress. Um, it shows that uh, everything that I went through didn't go in vain um, because I knew when I played the game and when I came into the league in 1984, I was the only starting African-American quarterback in the league. And there was only one other one in the league, a guy by the name of Brian Ransom, who's right down in your uh, neck of the woods at Tennessee State. He was our third quarterback. So me and him 
were the only two in the league at that time. So there was a lot of uh, eyes put on me. There was a lot of analyzation put on me. There was a lot of criticism put on me. A lot of expectations put on me, not only from from fans and people who knew how much money I was making, but also just from my people because they wanted me to succeed. I mean, everywhere I went, African-American people told me, Warren, you have to represent us well. And you know, you felt that. So uh, it, uh, it means a lot that we're at this stage now. It took a little bit longer to get here than I thought, but we've had what, I think about eight guys, eight different African-American quarterbacks now played in the Super Bowl. And, and uh, this is the first time we've ever had two. And this is uh, it's historic because it's never happened before. And given the plight of everything we've been told we couldn't do and what we weren't, um, we weren't capable of doing, uh, it just shows that uh, there was a lot of wrong people out there and that um, there's more and more guys getting the opportunities to, to play the position as African-Americans than ever. Yeah, it definitely is a moment of pride for sure. And, uh, you know, you couldn't have uh, two more uh, talented quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. But we're going to talk about Mr. Patrick Mahomes first, though. And just how special do you think he is just over the time you've seen him play? Well, I mean, he's had the, the I guess, the most successful start of any quarterback for his first five or six years. So that tells you something about him right there, that uh, he's been in three. This will be his third Super Bowl. He's already been an MVP in the league. He's been a Super Bowl MVP. He's been to five straight uh, AFC championship games. And uh, I tell you what, he's <laughs> he's backing up everything that everybody's saying about him. He's just a very special player. And, and everybody knows about his physical gifts and being able to you know move around and buy time and create and do all these things. But I think what's more impressive is his competitiveness and his toughness, um, especially what he showed you know last week playing on that Gimpy ankle. And I've had a high ankle sprain before they are no fun to try and play with and it kind of limited his game but it just showed you that he's got more than just you know move around get outside the pocket game he stayed in the pocket threw the football as well as he's thrown it all year and uh, led his team to a Super Bowl so I love everything about him now I will say this uh you know some people had some down expectations for him going into this season because you know the loss of Tyreek Hill he only went out and threw 41 touchdowns, had 12 interceptions only. You know, threw, had a career-high 67% uh, percent, uh, completion percentage and threw for 5,250 yards. I mean, did you expect that type of production from him without Tyreek Hill? I, I really did, to tell you the truth. I thought not having Tyreek Hill was going to make him a better quarterback. It was going to make him a more patient quarterback. He was going to spread the ball around a little bit more and not look at one or two guys as much like you know Kelsey and also uh, Hill, and, and that's what he did. He spread the ball around. At one point early in the season, I think he had 15 or 16 touchdown passes to 10 different receivers. So all it really did was make him better. And you look at his numbers, his numbers were as good as they'd been, except for I think that first year that he came into the league. I mean, first year started when I think he had 50, 50 touchdown passes. But uh, – you know, like you said, his percentage was higher this year, and then he threw for over 5,000 yards again. So he he uh, he did about what I thought he was going to be able to do, which was spread the ball around a little bit more, and that just makes them a more dangerous team offensively because nobody knows 
who the key on. All right. We do have some uh, comments in the uh, toward the AFC South inbox. And, of course, we have uh, Mr. Chris uh, Pome saying uh, the five-time Great Cup champion with the CFL's Edmonton Eskimos. He, he's from Canada. So. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Always nice to hear from people above the border. And we have one from uh, Matthew Sandy. He said, back in 2019 when I was a junior in high school, I actually did a Black History Report on Warren Moon and the entrepreneur program I was in. Sweet, that's uh, that's very uh, that's very flattering to me. Definitely. Um, now, we we def- definitely have to talk about Mr. Jalen Hurts, and I mean, the leadership and the calm of Jalen Hurts. I mean, the cool he possesses every time he steps on the field in any type of competition. Did that? Was that what the most the thing that most impressed you about him, or was there some other things that impressed you about him as well? Well. Yeah, that no question about it, and his um, his leadership abilities, and also his uh, his work ethic. You know, this is a kid that's worked to become what he is right now, and and uh, he wasn't you know a polished pocket passer when he came into the league, and that was the that was the the, the knock on him, and that's probably why he went in the second round. But he's worked his tail off over the last couple of years, especially last offseason, to really become a much better pocket passer. I think he was the the leader of all quarterbacks this year and, and throws of over 20 yards down the field. So he's become a very good deep ball thrower. Um, he's starting to be much more patient in the pocket, which is something he's going to have to do. He can't always run and, and and move around when that first receiver isn't there. So I like that he's he's evolving. And I think if he continues to keep that work, same work ethic, he's only going to get better as a quarterback. What is he, 23 years old, something like that? So he's got a long time left to play this game and a lot of uh, – a lot of good years left, and he's got some really good wideouts who are both very young on the outside, and A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith. Definitely, definitely. Now, um, before the season, of course, many were kind of shaky on Jalen Hurts, and people were thinking that, okay, they got three draft picks next year. They're going to trade all these for a, another quarterback, a veteran quarterback, and they kind of just let Jalen go to the side or do whatever. But they stuck with him, and of course, Jalen uh, this season sixty six point five percent completion percentage, which is his highest as a uh, as an Eagle starting quarterback. It's only been two years, of course, but uh, twenty two touchdowns, six interceptions, and thirteen rushing touchdowns. I mean, no one is doubting him at this point. I would say, did you expect? Did you think it was fair to him that people were doubting him so much going into this season? I didn't think it was fair because I know how much development it takes for uh, some young quarterbacks. Some guys come in and, and, and get it right away. Some guys, it takes a little while. But you got to remember, this guy in his first year as a starter took them to the, to the playoffs. They didn't win, but they went to the playoffs. And then his next year, they're in the Super Bowl. So uh, why would people doubt him if, if he took their team to the playoffs in his first year as a starter? And knowing he's a very young guy and, and can only get better, I don't know why people would, but... It, that's, that's just kind of the way it's always been for African-Americans. We have to deliver right away or all of a sudden they're worried, they're talking about getting rid of us. So uh, he proved everybody wrong this year. And uh, if he doesn't miss those last two ball games, maybe he, maybe he's the MVP of this, of this league, but maybe there's co-MVPs with him and Patrick Mahomes, who knows, but that's the type of year that he had. So I would hope everybody would just shut up and let this kid continue to keep developing and keep getting better. That's right. That's right. I always I would say this. The, the thing about 
Jalen Hurts that I, I would say the biggest word that I, I have that represents him to me is class. Class personified because, you know, he's he's gotten questions that any other person would get riled up or would probably be irritated by. But he's handling them calm. He's handling them with a smile. And he's kept it moving, which I can greatly appreciate his demeanor, especially in the press conferences. I mean, you know, I know you've heard some of those questions, right? Oh, yeah. And his uh, I think a lot of that has to do with his upbringing and with his mom and dad. You know, his dad being a coach that coached him all his, all his young uh, life. And uh, I think he uh, he understands this game. He understands everything that's expected of him. And I think having a, a dad in his life has been a, a big influence for him. And, and it uh, contributes to part of the calm that you see in his personality. Correct, correct. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know, graphics for my podcast, you can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image and you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait, or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality. You can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423-557-6746. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did, and he's got me looking great. Now, we do have to get on to the matchup. Well, it isn't just Hurts versus Mahomes. It is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, Mahomes is going to be facing a Philadelphia defense with four guys with 10-plus sacks up front. And two, and probably the best defensive back pairing in all of the NFL as well. So going into this game, I mean, what do you expect them to kind of, or do you expect Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy to kind of cook up to kind of offset the few different things that the uh, Eagles have advantages on? Well, I think they're going to have to try and, and continue to run the ball um, effectively. You don't have to run it for 150 yards, but you, you do need to run it effectively when you do run it to keep them uh, off balance because if it becomes an, an all-out passing game, that's when your your offensive line can get overwhelmed by not only the four guys that they have with over 11 sacks, but they have you know just a lot of depth on their defensive line. They have you know and Sue they can bring in. They have all these different guys that they can bring in to, uh, uh, and they don't lose very much. So that's something that you um, you don't want to let those guys let the game play into their hands. I think a lot of quick throws are going to be um, something they're going to have to do because you don't want to be holding the ball that long against this pass rush. So trying to get the ball out of there quickly, whether it's bubble screens or quick screens or slants or uh, you know different things to, to uh, little option routes to uh, Kelsey. Uh, and then when you want to take your shot, you take your shot. But uh, I think holding the ball is not going to be something that's good against this defensive front, especially if you're on a gimpy ankle. We don't know how bad that ankle is still, and uh, you want to make sure he's getting the ball out of his hands, kind of like what he was doing against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, of course, uh, another thing to look at, too, is uh, just the the ability of, uh, I think, when you say the short passes, I think a guy that will, will definitely come into play there would be Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, he left out of the game early in the AFC Championship game, but he's had a couple weeks to rest. So, um, you know, with him versus, uh, I, I think he'll, he'll more than likely draw Slay. So if the him versus Slay would, would probably be a very telling matchup in this game, would you think? I think so. Um, but, you know, when you play a lot of man, it only takes one guy to get beat. And what you want to try and do as a quarterback is trying the best, try and find the best matchup against the, the man for man because you, you can't cover everybody um, with, 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 great, with great cover guys. So you have to find hopefully your best receiver or one of your good receivers that has the weaker matchup, and that's what you keep exploiting. And you try and you try and chase them out of that man coverage, especially with whoever is guarding uh, Jason Kelsey, because he's a he's a hard matchup for a defensive back. He's a hard matchup for a linebacker. So um, that's going to be one to watch too. You know who who they have assigned to him and, and how they're going to try and cover him. Now we did have another question from the uh, Twenty AFC South inbox. Uh, we did have someone ask uh, as a QB. Um, with an ankle injury, you know, as, as you know, you playing quarterback, what is the normal time of healing for that? Uh, that you, you know, you would say, you know, to be totally, you know, yeah. dependent on that ankle again. There's different degrees of high ankle sprains, and, and I wasn't exactly sure what degree his was, but it looked pretty bad when it first happened. I would have thought he would have been out a month with the way it looked when it first happened, but you know, he must have had a lot of elasticity in, in that uh, in those, those ankle ligaments because basically that's what you're, what you're spraining is the ligaments on the side of, uh, the, of your, the bottom of your ankle, on the top of your ankle, but on the bottom of your leg. Um, but their trainers did an amazing job of getting him ready to play the next week, and he's had two weeks now to get ready for this one. It usually takes about three weeks, maybe a month sometimes, to get that thing back to, to normal again. But, you know, he's gutting it out. Like I said, they have a they have a, a special tape job on it where he has like two splints on the side of it. So he doesn't have a, a lot of movement in that ankle, but he is able to move straight ahead and uh, make things happen. Uh, you're not going to see him probably making a lot of moves on people, but being able to run straight ahead or move straight ahead, I think he's going to be able to do that. All right. Thank you. And uh, let's see. For Hertz, of course, in the Eagles, of course, they do have one of the, the best offensive line in the NFL. They are, uh, you know, Lane Johnson is dealing with an abdominal tear, which is, is huge to think about. Um, but they have to deal with a, a particular gentleman that's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. That would be Mr. Chris Jones. Right. So if you're the the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, are you moving him around a little bit in there or are you just particularly putting him right in the middle of the Rick Avenue? I think you move him around, and you saw him move over to, to left defensive end last week, and he got a sack over a Cincinnati's right tackle. So you can't underestimate him just being a big guy. He's got a lot of quickness for it. He's a 295, almost 300-pound guy, but he can he really has good feet. So I think they're going to move him around and try and get different matchups that they feel like they can exploit with him, uh, along with Frank Clark, who has had a, a really good offseason, I mean, a really good uh, postseason so far. I think he has two and a half sacks. In, a, in his two playoff games. So both of those guys know how to pick their game to another level in the playoffs. They've played in a lot of playoff games together, and uh, they're going to need that against Jalen Hurts. The big thing for the Chiefs, though, they're, they're going to have to stop the run. That, that's something they haven't been as good at this year. Um, 
against most teams is stopping the run, especially when the quarterback runs. They're one of the one of the worst in the league, uh, trying to stop quarterbacks from either scrambling or running the football and design plays. So that's something I hope hopefully they're putting a lot of time into as far as practicing for these, these next couple of weeks, and they'll come up with some type of strategy to try and shut down that running game. Because if you don't do that, that's when Jalen Hurts really kills you with play action. Now, speaking of the running game, I mean, you have two linebackers with the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Uh, to me, both of them are young guys that can, you know, take it to the next level, especially Bolton, which I think he'll be – he's going to end up being a star that defensive he isn't already for some. But – do you think those those two guys up, in my opinion, will be two of the key players in this game in terms of uh, keeping up with Jalen Hurts? Uh, would you agree, or do you? Or is there someone else that I may be missing? No, I, I agree with you. And um, you know what that offense does is it really kind of slows you down a little bit because you're always looking to see where the ball is because they're sticking it inside that running back and they're riding it, and all of a sudden he's pulling it out, and and you you thinking the running back has the ball, all of a sudden the quarterback has it, so it really slows you down as a defensive player and um, they're very good at the way they run that read option. And they also, you know, pull it out and throw the football from that as well. So uh, it's going to be important for those big guys up front to keep those linemen off those linebackers so they can make the plays on, the, on those running backs when they, when they do get the football or if Jalen Hurts pulls it out, whoever has you know the assignment of him on the outside, they want to make sure that he doesn't get any of those big runs that he's capable of doing. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you two questions. Who is the X factor, in your opinion, for Kansas City and for uh, Philadelphia? Hmm. The X factor is for Kansas City, I think, will be uh, – uh, what's the little running back number 10's name? Pacheco. Pacheco. I think he's – not only running the football, he's got to be effective that way, but they'll try and get it to him on screens because whenever you're playing against a very good pass rush, you want to try and slow them down by running screens and draws. But Chiefs are a really good screen team anyway, and Pacheco can be very effective that way once he gets the ball out in space. But he's also been a very effective runner. So I think he's going to be one of the unsung heroes for the Chiefs. And then for, uh, for Philadelphia... Um, I think they're tied in. Yeah, Goddard. They're tied in. Goddard is going to be the the uh, X factor for them because I think Jalen feels very comfortable throwing him the football because he doesn't have to throw it downfield a long way. And I still don't think his his shoulder is as as healthy as people think it is. If you look over the last couple of ball games that he's played, he's only thrown for two hundred and seventy yards in the last two games total. So. I don't know how good that arm is and, and how good it feels right now. Hopefully with two weeks off, it feels a little bit better. But uh, not having to throw the football down the field very far to your tight end is a, is a great security blanket for any quarterback. All right, and last question. Putting you on the spot. The Super Bowl, at the end of the game, the clock's going gone double, to triple zeros, the confetti's falling. Who do you have winning this game? If it goes down to a field goal, or if it goes down, you know, if it's that close a ball game at the end, I think the Chiefs will win it. But uh, I think that Philadelphia has the better team from as far as the roster. Uh, that I think on both sides of the ball and the line of scrimmage, I think they're better on both sides 
football, and that's where a lot of these big games are won. But if the game stays that close, I think the Chiefs can win at the end with a Buckner uh, field goal. Otherwise, it's going to be Philadelphia. All right. Well, I thank you again for your time, Mr. Warren Moon, NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, Mr. Warren Moon. Let me get it correct. Um, now, can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media or anything you have going on uh, in terms of uh, the Super Bowl or social media or anything like that? Well, on Twitter, I'm at, at uh, WMoon1 and uh, on Instagram, WarrenMoon1. And I'm not a big uh, social media guy, but I do have, uh, you know, I do put up stuff every now and then if I think I have something to say. But if anybody wants to uh, reach out to me, those are the best ways to do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I greatly thank you for your time, and I greatly thank everyone for tuning in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.